Welcome, everyone, to First Baptist Church of Shakota's audio sermon. My name is Jeff Holt. I'm the student pastor here. Thank you again for listening to us today on whatever format you are listening to us on. We have several different ways you can listen to our audio sermons. You can listen to us at a website at shakotafbc.com, our church's app, YouTube, redcircle.com, and even Spotify, so you can take us on the road or, or listen to us in the background while you're working on other items. This past Sunday was our Valentine's Day banquet, and it was phenomenal time. Charlie's Chicken catered our meal. The Crystal River Band not only performed for us, but they put on a comedy special as well. Thank you to all who came out and was a part of this special night. We want to give a special thank you to Jeannie Curtis and the many hours that she took to organize all of this for us. On March 7th, our church is going to be recognizing the first responders of Shakota and the surrounding area with a special luncheon that we're having at the high school cafeteria. From 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. is our lunch for the first responders, and then 1 to 3, the doors will be open for the public. Weather specialists and New 6 Valcaster will be there as our special guests, so make sure you mark your calendars for this special event. In today's audio sermon, Pastor Steve was gracious enough to let me finish my series that I started last week, we look at Jacob and how a deceitful man he was, and he only cared about self-interest. God had other plans for him, though, and he gave him a vision at Bethel, and God changed Jacob and gave him a new outlook. We look at Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 22. If you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 28 is where we're going to be at. We, we talked about last week about conviction, and we looked at, we're looking at Jacob and Esau, but today this this week, we're going to look more at Jacob. The sermon series is, is titled, uh, Blessings, Deception, and the Sovereignty of God. So this week, we're going to see uh, all three of these combined, okay? And as we continue to look at the, the sovereignty of God, and we understand what it means to see how God has a plan for absolutely everything for us that we're purposely placed right, right where we're at, From the beginning of time, God laid out this plan for you specifically. And he laid out a plan for this church specifically. And it's a part of this plan that everything is laid out to where it works out for his glory. And it works out for his purpose. And it works out so that we can continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. How we can infect and inspire the community of Shakota, Oklahoma. But as we look at this, we looked at last week how there was a conviction that we all go through, that we all face in, in, in the life of a Christian. And the two things that we face and everything that the war rages on is between the flesh and of the spirits. And of the flesh, we know that that represents the here and the now. It's immediate gratification. And we saw that in the, in the story of Esau where he came in and he was so famished that he felt like he was going to die. And whenever he wanted that red stuff, the red stew that Jacob had had made for him, he felt like he was the, his birthright was no good to him if, it was, if he was dead. So the Bible says that he despised his birthright by selling it to Jacob. And that birthright was his double portion because he was in charge of the patriarch. He was in charge of not only the family spiritually, but it's physically as well. He was the head person of their family. And because he despised his birthright, he no longer cared about the spirituality of the family. And God later on, and God later on in the book of Malachi says that Jacob or Israel, I loved and of Edom, I hated. Because of the fact it was of the flesh that Esau wanted that stew. He wanted that immediate gratification and then we looked at Jacob later on and how, his, how he, they, uh, the family 
had separated and the mother and Rebekah had, had her favorite, which was Jacob. And we saw how Isaac had his favorite, which was Esau. And he was, Isaac was going to bless Esau, even though, even though God had told him and gave them wonderful insight to Rebekah in saying that you are to raise up the child, raise up the child to the children to where the older will serve the younger. So we had a we have this family that is torn apart because they ignore the will of God. And what we learned last week, if you ignore the will of God, you will always have conflict. Well, that continues on in our story today. But I want to look at real fast. You don't have to flip there. You don't have to turn there. But I want to tell you just real, real quickly about a story that happened a few chapters ago in Genesis chapter 11. There was a group of people on earth, and they spoke the same language. And because of the same language, they wanted to build this big, magnificent city. And of this city, they wanted to build a tower that reached all the way into heaven. And because of this tower, God came down. And because of the tower, they were ignoring the will of God. So this tower is a representation of us trying to earn our way into heaven. We're trying to physically do enough to get into heaven. And God comes down and he says this. In Genesis chapter 11 and verse 7, he says, Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand one another's speech. So this story represents how we try to uh, facet a way to get into heaven. How we try to earn enough and do enough to get into heaven. So fast forward to Genesis chapter 28. Where we are in our story, in the story that we look at today, is that there continue, the family itself is back together. It continues, there's, there's not really any kind of conflict at this moment, because they're all kind of following the will of God. They may not be doing it the right way, but they're within that will for just a moment. In Genesis 27, we read this story about how Isaac wants to bless Esau. And what is this blessing? This blessing is what every child craves from their parents. It is what, we, what they see in them now, that you are a good child son, you are a good child daughter, and I love you, and you have been raised in a good way, you represent the family well, and from here, you're going to have a good future. Go with the, go with the blessing that I have given to you, and go and have a great future. That's the blessing that Isaac wants to give to Esau. But once again... Esau, or Isaac, is ignoring the will of God. And Isaac is supposed to be the patriarch of this family. He is supposed to be in charge of this spiritual well-being of their family, and he's ignoring it. And so from here, conflict rises. Because he wants to bless his favorite son, Rebecca hears it, and she wants the blessing for her favorite son, which is Jacob. So now we have the conflict rising with Rebecca saying that, uh, hearing the instructions that Isaac wants him to, wants Isaac, what Esau wants to, needs to do. And so she takes the lamb, or she tells Jacob to go get a lamb, and they'll cook it the right way. She put, dresses Jacob up in his, uh, his favorite, in Esau's garments, and they put wool on his arms, and they disguise Jacob as Esau. So whenever he goes in, he presents the stew to uh, Isaac, and he says, I'm Esau. And then Jacob, and then 
Isaac asks, son, how have you done this so quickly? Look what Isaac says here, or what Jacob says here. Isaac asks, how is it that you have done this so quickly, my son? And Jacob replies, because the Lord, your God, has caused this to happen to me. So now, Jacob has done several deceitful things. He has done so many things that he, it lists like this. He has deceived his brother when they were younger and he deceived him for his birthright. He has deceived his father now by pretending to be Esau. He has lied to his father about doing the stuff that he has been instructed to do. And now he has lied about God. Now he's dragged God into this ordeal saying that your God has done this for me. And now he only cares about immediate gratification. Selfish ambition is what he is after here. But the, the sovereignty of God still plays out. What does the Bible say about that? It says that the older will serve the younger. What does Joseph say later on, way down the road in Genesis 50? Whenever he's looking at his brothers, and his brothers have done so many wrong things to him, and he says, what you intended to be harmful, God uses for good. And in that same application that we look here, we see the fact that when the family is in conflict and ignoring the will of God, God uses for good. So where is that where we are at today in the immediate gratification? We know that as we're traveling down our life and if we choose to ignore the will of God, in our sin, God can still use it to glorify him. In our sin, he can still bring us back to the will of God. Within our sin, he can still use us to bring others to Christ. So it's the fact that even though Jacob has been very deceitful here, even though Rebecca, Isaac's wife, is being very deceitful here, God still uses the will, uses his, the sin to increase his will. So we see here that the conflict rises even further. Esau goes on and he says, I want to kill Jacob, my brother. And so Rebecca hears about this and conjures up another deceitful plan and says to Isaac, I don't like the women around here. Send him off so he can marry someone else from another town. So that's what Isaac does. He blesses him and sends him on. In that story, in the middle of the two stories where we have him being deceitful to go into Uncle Laban's house is the story that we read today. In this story, we see the sovereignty of God at its fullest, at its completion, if you want to say that. If we want to say that we see the sovereignty of God and how God moves everything in order for us to have a plan with him, this is that story. So in Genesis chapter 28, we look at verse 10. Then Jacob departed for Beersheba and went towards the Haran. He came to a certain place and he spent the night there because the sun had set and he took one of the stones, he placed it under his head. And he lay down at that place. He had a dream. And behold, a ladder was set on the earth, and its top was reaching into heaven. And behold, the angels, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord God stood above it and said, I am the Lord God, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land in which you lie, 
I will give to you and your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and you and in you, your descendants shall be the families of the earth, and it will be and be blessed. Behold, I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go, and I and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Then Jacob awoke and from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord of the God, Lord God, is in this place, and I didn't even know it. He was afraid, and he said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early the next morning, and he took a stone that he had placed under his head the night before, and he set it up as a pillar as a pillar, and he poured oil on it on top of it. He called on the name of the, called the name of the place Bethel. However, the previously the name of the city had been called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying to God, "If God will be with me and keep me on this journey, and keep me on this journey that I take, and give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I return to my father's house in safety, then the Lord will be my God. This stone in which I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and of all of that I will surely give you a tenth." So Jacob leaves and he goes to this place, which is the city that he's nearby is called Luz. Luz means separation. But as he goes to this place, as he goes to Bethel, he renames it the house of God. And now the reason why is because he realizes that this is a connected point. If you've ever heard of Jacob's ladder, this is that story. At this moment, he realizes that God has been with him this entire time. He realizes that God has made a plan for his life, and he realizes it at this point. He sees God at the top of the ladder, and he's saying God repeats a familiar promise. He repeats the same promises in Genesis 12, Genesis 15. He repeats it later to Isaac. I am the Lord God. And he adds to it with Jacob here, I am the God of Abraham and of Isaac. Two very familiar names to Jacob because that is grandpa and dad. I am their God. And at that moment, Jacob realizes this is the God I've been told about this entire time. Because look at it. Look what, the, look what he says to Isaac whenever he is looking for his portion in 27th, in 2720, how have you done this so quickly? Because the Lord, your God, has made this happen. Up until the point of the ladder, it has always been your God. This has never been my God. Your God has never been my God. The things that you have said about your God has never been my God. And when I leave this place, he will just stay here. Kind of a common practice back then. When you leave, everything stays there including the God of the family. So at this moment, he realizes that this God is real. He is the God of my father and of my grandfather. And so we see a very promising point at this one point in time. We see here that if you don't see the hand of God moving, that's when he moves the most. When you don't see the hand of God moving, that is when God is moving the most. He is putting things in order for him to be able to reveal himself to you. 
He is bringing a friend along that has been, has been waiting in the wings for years to gone by. And finally, you guys reconnect at that one point where you are down, so down and broken that you, the only friend that you can think of that can get you by is this person. And lo and behold, they're back in your life. Coincidence? I think not. That is a God-divine moment right for you. The sovereignty of God knows when his child is hurting, when he is broken, but he also knows one very important thing, when you're lost. And the promises that he keeps with Abraham and with Isaac, he tells him with Jacob as well. He continues this promise, I will give you descendants. I will make them the dust of the earth. There's going to be so many you can't even count them. He continues that promise. What he started years and years ago. And now it continues with Jacob. When you can't see the hand of God moving, that is when he moves the most. Look at Romans chapter 11 and verse 32. Oh, the depth and the riches of wisdom and the knowledge of of God. The knowledge of God reaches beyond the universe. His wisdom has no boundaries. And so when you come to a point where you need his wisdom, call upon the Lord. That's what James tells us. If you have not, you have asked not. If you don't have the wisdom to guide you through the situations that you're going through, it's because you have not asked God for the wisdom to get through it. So as you are walking through this, just know that as Joshua says, that God promised Joshua that I have seen tomorrow, I have already conquered it for you. He tell, Jesus tells us in the New Testament, don't worry about tomorrow. It has enough problems. Think of today. Don't be anxious for anything. It's written all throughout scriptures that God has everything under control. But yet... We don't follow through with it. We think that we can act as God and force ourselves into a situation that may not require it. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. As we fight this battle between flesh and of the spirit, we think that we have to have the solution for it now. Even if it is blurry and unseen, we try to force our vision to be 2020 instead of waiting on God. Instead of waiting on the solution from God. We force the issue. In, in uh, Revelation 21.6, it says this, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The thirsty I will give water without cost. And there's a typo there, and from the spring of water of life. So God here promises those of what's going to happen. He gives an abundance of life. He gives an understanding to those who need it. Jesus declares, come to me who are weary and heavy burden, for my yoke is light. We know that in our understanding, we know 
that in our graspness of just an imperfect place, we absolutely worry about everything instead of realizing that the sovereignty of God has been with us all along. That it has been mapped out since the beginning of time. So we understand that God is moving in our life. And Jacob realizes this in this place. What does scripture say? What, is that, what does that story tell us about what Jacob says? How awesome is this place? The Bible says he trembles at that moment. He began to be afraid. But he says, how awesome is this place? The Lord is here and I didn't even know it. How often have we said those moments that this is a God thing? This is only a miracle from God. We have had this moment over and over in our life and we didn't even realize it was coming from God until we had an epiphany, an aha moment. So as we see that God is moving in our life, there's one thing in particular that you must understand. When you don't see the hand of God moving, he is moving the most. But when you actually do begin to see God moving, salvation is only with God, and it's through Jesus our Savior. Let me clarify something real fast, okay? Talking to non-Christians and Christians alike, okay? As you are a non-Christian, as you are a non-believer, salvation still lies with Jesus. And I hope and I pray that God reveals that to you one day, that your heart softens and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. As a Christian, nothing can ever snatch you from God's hands. Nothing can ever take you away from God. There is no power above, below, or in the earth that could ever take you away from God. However, as a Christian, salvation still lies with Jesus. The situations that you go through, the situations that you face each and every day, that you may try to compromise with, your salvation still lies with Jesus. That you still rely on Christ. He says, I have come to give life and life abundantly. Your journey doesn't stop with Jesus as soon as you become a Christian, it only begins. And the sanctification that goes from that point into there, the separation from this unholy world says that you will continue to walk with Christ from that moment until you reach into heaven and then you get to spend eternity with him. How grateful is that? But you ask, how is it in this story that you see salvation lies with Christ? It's the ladder. It's the ladder that proves it. Look at John 151 here. Very truly, I tell you, you will see the heaven open up and angels of the Lord ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He's talking to a, a, a future disciple at that point. <laughs> but he gives a great point there that that ladder that Jacob is looking at, the only way into heaven is Jesus. The only way to spend eternity with God is the Son of God. There's also one other clue that proves that the latter is Jesus, and it says it's the 
only ladder. It doesn't say multiple ladders of the, in the vision. Only one. John 14, 6. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So as we see that this ladder is the Son of God, and we know that the experience that Jacob is having is only a God-divine moment. He wakes up and says, how awesome is this place? And what does he do? He immediately worships in that place. He immediately goes through and he turns the, the stone that he was laying on, and I can't think of the thickness of this stone that he had because he could turn it upright, but however, neither here nor there, but then he pours oil on top of it, form of worship in that time. Think about it when you came to Christ, when you said, oh, Lord, you are the only one for me. I have sinned, but you have saved me. In your words, you immediately worship God. This burden that was on your heart felt like a hundred pounds was just lifted. The weight of the world was gone. And you said, thank you, Jesus, in your time of worship. How awesome is this? So as we see the ladder is Jesus, and we conclude this story, we conclude this message with this, the last thing that we see in this story, that when you the will of God, it will give you peace. Just as you ignore it, it brings conflict. If you trust it, it brings you peace. Let's reread what Jacob says, starting in verse 17. He says, he was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. So Jacob arose the next morning and he took a stone that he had under his head. He set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on top of it. He called on the name of the place as Bethel. However, the place used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God is with me, I will keep and keep me on this journey. I would and take that I take and give me food to eat and garments to wear and return me to my father's house in peace. Then he will be my God. This stone that I have set up as a pillar is God's house. Of all that I have, I will surely give him a tenth. Finish the story in your head. All of you know it. He spends the next 21 years working for his uncle to pine for his love, which only felt like a few days. And after that, after gaining so much wealth, the Bible repeatedly says he gave a tenth. But after gaining so much wealth, so much livestock, servants, he now at the point, at one point, has 12 sons with Rachel and Leah, and he decides he has to go back to his father's house. After 21 years of being away from it, he decides that he needs to go back to this place. And he is utterly afraid of what Esau is going to do. So he gets to a point of when he's trying to return to this place, he separates and orders from his least favorite to his favorite, but then he jumps ahead of it. Let me read to you in, in chapter 33 what happens. 
In verse one, it says this, then Jacob lifted his eyes and looked and behold, Esau was coming with 400 men. I would be terrified as well. So he goes on and he says, so he puts them in order from his least favorite to his favorite. But then in verse three, he says he put himself and passed ahead of all of them and he bowed down to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Look at verse four. Then Esau ran to him, embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept together. The Lord God was with him that entire time. That point where he says, if you will be my God, if you will take care of me on this journey, if you will feed me and clothe me, I will give you a tent. But one important step, bring me back to my father's house in peace. Then you will be my God. This isn't a bargaining ship that he has with him. He makes a vow with God. He says, then you will be my God. And the verses that follow that ver- the story where they embrace each other, he says, the Lord my God has dealt with me. He declares God as his own because of that story of his ladder from earth to heaven and God stood above it and angels were ascending and descending on the Son of Man. If you want to return to your father's house in peace, if you want to go back to your house in peace, if you want to step into heaven with the Lord God and spend all eternity with him, you must declare that he is your God, that you are not worthy to say his name, but by grace and by faith and through faith, you will be saved by calling upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 13 For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you want to have peace in your life, if you want to have peace at any moment that the conflicts that you face, realize that the salvation lies only with God. You have this pride and stuff that's welling up inside of you that's separating you from your son. Let it go. You have this anguish that's going on because of the addictions that we talked about last week. Turn it over to God. Because salvation only lies with him. And it's through Jesus that we will return back to God and he will give you peace, but it's only by turning it over to him. So I pray today that as we look at this story and we understand that salvation only lies with God, I want you to understand that God is working in your life even if you don't feel like he is. When you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming back down to the floor, you step outside and they feel like they're hitting the clouds and they're going nowhere. God is moving in a mighty, mighty big way. Don't ever give up. Don't ever surrender to fleshly desires. 
God has made a way out of your temptation. And he's going to deliver you to today. But it's only a matter of you surrendering to this. I find it ironic and fascinating that in Genesis chapter 11, when they built a tower to heaven, that they couldn't make it. It only brought judgment. That when we try to do enough to get into heaven, we can never do enough. It will only bring judgment. But it's only when we realize that Jesus, in the spiritual sense, is the latter, it brings salvation. And some of you are facing that very difficult issue right now. You are trying to earn your way into heaven and you will never be able to. You think it's enough to be a good person and it's not. You think it's enough to check off Sunday mornings and you've done it for the past 30 years and it's not. Because salvation lies with God alone. And it's through Jesus that we see true freedom and peace. And when we turn this issues over to God, nothing can stand against us. I hope you do believe that today, that salvation only lies with God. And it's through Jesus that you will find true peace and freedom. Thank you again for listening to today's audio sermon. If you are listening with us today and do not have a church home, we'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and 1055 for our worship time. For more information and previous sermons, please check out our website at shakotafbc.com where you can download our church app today. Search in your search engine for church app-tithely.